Um, so just a couple of announcements. Um, really, uh, we had a wonderful uh, celebration yesterday of Thelma Berman's life, and thank you to all of you who, there are a lot of people really just helped out and contributed to putting on that uh, memorial yesterday, and we thank you for that. If you weren't able to attend, it is going to be available online within the next couple of days, sometime early this week, uh, just on the church's website. And we also just wanted to mention, we realize that kind of this time of year, there's a lot of, you know, just illness going around. And some of it, frankly, is COVID-related. Some of it's just colds and that kind of stuff. And we want to just remind everyone that really, if you're not feeling well, please stay home, frankly. And, <laughs> and you know, feel free to stay home and, and watch from online. And, you know, if people are feeling like they need to mask up again, just coming, that's voluntary completely. But if you... We want you to feel free to do what you need to be doing to take care of yourself and to take care of the body here. Um, so I just have one more announcement. And uh, before we um, meet every Sunday morning, uh, there's a leadership team that meets here at 8 o'clock. And during that meeting this morning, this has happened a couple of times now, but um, there was a challenge that was laid down to me, and I'm just not one to kind of pass up on a challenge. So uh, I have one more announcement. Um, Jordan, hit it. Yo, kids, it's come to that time, you know, when you get to leave, yo, yo, it's time for some fun and sing, and it's all about this Jesus thing. So jump up and shout his name. When you get, you'll never be the same. Meet your teachers at the back door there, because you know that they and Jesus care. Kids, you may be dismissed. Well, good morning. As you can see, we uh, have the flowers uh, still from... Thelma's memorial, and I was thinking this morning, you know, we mentioned uh, Bobby, congratulations, brother, and Danelle, if you're watching, congratulations, you know, and, and so uh, within a week, we celebrate a birth, and then yesterday, we celebrate a life, and uh, it's re it really interesting as I step back and kind of uh, look at that, you know, been in ministry for 30 years, and, and a lot has happened in those 30 years, but really, you have birth, and you know, we call it death on this end, but it's really transition, because Thelma knew the Lord, so if you know the Lord, you have life, and it's really just a transition, but we call it death. So from a human perspective, there's the bookends, right? There's the start of life, and then the, the moment that the Lord calls us home, and, and you just, it's just a transition. It's just a transition, but we celebrated that, and, and I was thinking about those two bookends, and, and really in relation to Philippians, the book of Philippians, but particularly in Philippians chapter 3, because really... Paul is really giving us really clear direction, clear, clear teaching on how to maximize this life, how to maximize every day. We would call it redeeming the time, you know, today. How do we maximize that? What do we, what do, we do? And, and, you know, in the last few weeks, we saw that, that part of that, the Apostle Paul taught us in Philippians 3 was, you know, he values Christ. If we're going to maximize our time on this planet, we have to get our value system right. Right? And the Apostle Paul 
valued Christ. We looked at that. And then last week, he said, you know, and this is my purpose, is to know Christ, to gain Christ, to know Christ. So if we're going to maximize every day on this planet, two fundamental, very important questions to, to think about, to settle. What do you value most? And what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Because if you can settle those fundamental questions, your ultimate value, your ultimate purpose, well, that comes all the way back to why you're here today, right? We talked about that. We asked that fundamental question again last Sunday. Why are you here? How does your church attendance, fellowship, serving, whatever you, you're doing this morning, how does that fit your value system? How does that fit the purpose of knowing Christ? How does this moment, this hour, two hours you're going to be here, how does this help you? How do, when you leave here, you should be different. This experience, the time that you carve out, the time uh, that you spend with us here in person or online, good morning to everyone online, it should actually, what we call, advance the ball, okay? We, we don't do this so we check the box, and then we move on to lunch, and then we wait till next, and we check the box. Next. We should come every Sunday with the intent, with the purpose that, Lord, I value you, Lord, fundamental purpose is I want to know you. You call us to not forsake the gathering, so there's an important commandment. Not to, you know, this is a part of what he calls us to as a church, but other than just attending, we should come expectantly. You should come expectantly. I uh, worked for many years with Pastor Miles McPherson. He's the pastor of the Rock Church in San Diego. Some of you might be familiar with that. And uh, ever since I knew Miles, he would tell his church, he would say, when you come to church, Bring a notepad and a pen or pencil. And be ready, not just to take notes, but be ready to write what the Holy Spirit says to you through the word. Come expectantly. See, if you come with pen, paper, and you're like this, and you're like, Lord, speak to me. I am listening. That changes everything. It's a game changer because the Bible itself says it's living and active right? And it, the Holy Spirit is the counselor, the teacher. How many of us, okay, this, this is not to make anyone feel bad, because you can shift right now. It's the very moment. Did you come this morning, as we're going to continue through Philippians chapter 3, saying, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I am expectant. I believe that through the power of your word, through the Holy Spirit, you can speak to me directly. You know everything. There's nothing hidden from your sight. You know everything in my life. You know what I need to hear today to further my sanctification, my transformation. Are you expecting? Or are you auditing? What I mean by that is, you know, if you go to college, you can audit classes. If you audit a class, what does that mean? They let you sit in but you're not really a participant. You get to enjoy the lecture. Don't really have to do the homework. Don't have to take the test. You're just auditing. So you sit in the back and you just sort of audit. You're not an active participant. You're not even necessarily on the roll, but they allow you in as an auditor. A lot of people come to church as auditors. You're not active participants. You just come to a spectator, auditor. And I'm just telling you, radical transformation if you really believe this is the word of God, if you really believe the Holy Spirit indwells you, speaks through the word of God, then every time we're together, every time we open the word of God, every time we worship, it's transformative. There's something that God wants to say to you. 
And if you hear it, the Bible says we're to be hearers and doers. In fact, the Bible says if you hear and you don't do, it's a strong word. He says you're deluded. James, he says, if you just come to church or wherever you go and you just hear the word of God and you think that that's good enough, the Bible says you're deluded, you're deceived, okay? So we celebrate a birth, we celebrate a transition, and really, if we're going to maximize the time we have left between those two bookends, we have to be expectant. We have to say, Lord, every time we gather on a Sunday, I'm expecting. I'm expecting to leave different. I'm expecting something. Otherwise, and, you know, take it the right way, why do you come? This, this is not just sort of a feel-good thing. There's a reason behind this. There's a, there's a deep fundamental reason, okay? And that's why, you know, I shared yesterday the story. Thelma would sit right about where you are, Cindy, and she would come early, or Diana, right? And I shared this story yesterday that oftentimes she would come early and I would go sit with her and chat with her. And we'd talk about Steph Curry and the Warriors, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes she would sit here, especially towards the later um, weeks of her life, and she would sit and I would sit next to her and she'd hold my hand and I'd say, hi, Thelma. She goes, hi. She goes, and we would uh, start a conversation. She goes, you know, I really can't hear you when you're up there because she had a hearing aid, right? And so her hearing wasn't good. And so she would lean, lean and I'd go, hi, Thelma. She goes, I really can't hear you. And, and you know what I would tell her? I'd say, but you're here. But you're here. She would get dressed and look, you know, Kathy would bring her and they would sit right there. And I just wanted to affirm her, you're here, you're faithful. You're faithful and she would make a difference in your lives and then you would make a difference in her life. And just that faithfulness, even though she was limited in her hearing, she wanted to be here. And I celebrate that. And it made a difference in her life, that little, that choice, that faithfulness, right? And so as we continue to work through Philippians, I want to encourage you, make choices. Be faithful. Make a choice to come and be expectant. Be expectant. See, usually about five or ten minutes before service starts, I, I spend time in my office in prayer. Sometimes Jody joins me. And I have to literally pray that God will speak. I say, Lord, and, and oftentimes, you know, I use the iPad now. I used to use my Bible and stuff and paper. Oftentimes in my, in my office, right before I come in here, I'll do this. Lord, this is yours. I'll do this. I say, Lord, take this and do what only you can do. I don't know who's going to be here. I don't know who's going to be listening online. I don't know who's going to watch this later. But I just got to be faithful to preach your word let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. But Lord, your will be done. I pray that. I lift it up and I say, I give this to you. Because I expect God to move. I have an expectation that God is able and willing and desires to work in your life. That's what motivates me. Okay? And so that's what the, the heartbeat behind what we do here and why we're working through this. Philippians 3, 8 to 11 the Apostle Paul has shared his testimony of coming to faith, right? He understood it's by grace through faith, not by works. And we're, look, we're walking through now his journey, his vision about moving forward. He says this, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So again, this is the passage we've been working through. And we've, we've got up to the point where it says in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So we talked about that, that I may know him. We talked about that, right? Not just head knowledge, but experience. Living relationship. He wants to know him. That word know is gnosko. And I shared last week with Barry, right? If I had an apple up here, I could tell you all about the apple. It's Fuji, it's red, it was, you know. I could tell you a lot of details about the apple. But for Barry to know the apple, he would have to what? Bite it. Experience it. Right? Experiential knowledge. Then he would say he knows the apple. Well, that's what we're talking about. That's what the Apostle Paul has been talking about. He wants to experientially know Jesus. That's his purpose. Okay? That's what lights his fire. Moving forward, he also wants to experientially know something else. The power of his resurrection. Now, we just celebrated Easter about a month ago, and if you were here, I shared with you that, that it, the resurrection is fundamental to our faith. Absolutely fundamental. And, and again, just a, a quick review, and you, you've heard me say this if you've been with me for 12 years since we started the church. Almost every Easter I say, if the resurrection didn't happen in the timeline of Earth's history as a historical event, we're wasting our time. Just go home. You shouldn't be here. I won't be here. If the resurrection did not happen as an actual historical event in Earth's timeline, the Bible itself says we are wasting our time. That's what I love about the Bible. It's not just myth, and it's not just good feelings, and it's not just a nice religion or something that's going to make you feel good or self-help. The Bible actually says, right, in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, if Christ has not been raised then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. That's pretty weighty. I remember as a, as a seeker and coming to kind of read the Bible for myself and studying, you know, what is this Christianity and who is Jesus and, you know, is the Bible legit and studying the historical nature, the documents, the manuscripts and all that I, I wanted to do, you know, as a first-year law student, bringing all that to bear on this thing called Christianity. And then we came to the resurrection in that verse. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. I was like, what? You mean the resurrection isn't just some sort of nice thing that we believe in? You mean the Bible itself says if it didn't happen in Earth's historical timeline, that Sunday service is pretty much of a waste of time because we're still guilty. Right? And, and I had to chew on that. And I did my own research. I, I studied this a lot to try to look at the legal historical evidence and everything for the historical event called the resurrection. You know? And I came to the conclusion, based on all the evidence and everything that I studied, that, okay, yeah, the evidence is there as a historical fact because the Bible says it has to be. It has to be. Right? And in fact, in Romans 4.25, it says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So not only is the resurrection had to have happened, it says because it happened, 
we know that the debt and the penalty was paid. Amen? When it says he was raised to life for our justification, it means that God the Father accepted the payment that Jesus made on the cross. That's how we know. Okay? So we look at that and we go, okay, Easter is important because without the resurrection, really there is no good news. But a lot of us, we stop there when it comes to the resurrection. And we kind of just tuck it away as something I believe happened in the history of earth, period. And we don't really carry it forward. We don't carry it forward. And yet the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3.10 says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So right away, Philippians 3.10 brings the resurrection to May 29th, 2022. The resurrection, as a believer, should be impacting your life right now at 10.30, just switch, 10.32 a.m. The power of the resurrection. Today, present tense, not just believing that it happened, right? And so the question is, does it? Does it? I love this quote from the uh, Bible exposition, exposition commentary. It says, too many Christians are betweeners. They live between Egypt and Canaan, saved but never satisfied. Or they live between Good Friday and Easter, believing in the cross but not entering into the power and glory of the resurrection. See, here's the thing. If we only emphasize, hey, Jesus died for you and maybe rose from the dead, and our faith is, okay, I put my faith in Jesus and everything he did for me, you know what can happen? Your faith just becomes good morality. There's no need for the resurrection because I said the prayer, I've got my ticket to heaven, now I just got to be a better person, right? And if we just tuck the resurrection back there and we believe that I said a prayer and my name's written in the book of life and I'm good to go and that's it, period, and that's how we define Christianity, well, then you just slide into morality. You just slide into being a good religious person a better version of yourself. You slide into checking boxes, right? If it's all just past tense. And now since you have your ticket, you're just waiting to get to the pearly gates. But in between there, you've just been a better, you've just been a good person. And that's very dangerous because then you get apathetic. Then you get complacent. Buy one to call you lukewarm. Why? Because you got your ticket. There's no living dynamic relationship. There's no vision because you punched your ticket because you said a prayer. And the apostle Paul kind of blows that all up in Philippians 3.10. He says, I want to know the power of the resurrection now, daily. This is 20 to 30 years after he's been walking with the Lord. He says, I want to know the power of the resurrection, right? And so we're going to look at that today. Like, what does that mean and can I do that? What would that mean for my life, for your life? All right? I like this version in the New Living Translation. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. How many of you, believing in the resurrection, if you believe in the, res- the resurrection, how many of you believe the resurrection took a wee bit of power to happen? Just... Okay. How many, t- how many believe there was a-, a whole lot of power behind the resurrection of Jesus Christ? 
Okay, look what he says in Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ and experience the what? Mighty power that raised him from the dead. Not just know about it, he wants to experience it. Okay, did you wake up this morning and say, Lord, I want to experience the mighty power of the resurrection today. Thank you. There was a no. Thank you. Most of it was like, Lord, just let me make it through today. Let me stay awake during church and get the donut that I want after. Right? Amen. And then let me go have lunch. And don't let me be bothered by too many people. Most of our, most of our prayer in the morning is, Lord, help me get through another day. Right? And at the end of the day, Lord, thank you for helping me get through another day. That's pretty much how we get through it, right? And Paul says, I want to experience the mighty power. I think it would make a little bit of a difference, right, Barry? You said, Lord, today, I don't know how you're going to do it. My eyes are open. I want to experience the mighty power of the resurrection today. That just might change everything, right? And that word power is dunamis, okay? In the Greek, it's dunamis. The, the root word duna is where we get dynamite, dynamo, or dynamic. So when you come to faith in Christ, the apostle Paul says he wants to experience a dynamic, dynamite source of power in his life. Right? Here, this is very important. It says, it's an achieving power, an intrinsic power, an inherent ability, the power or ability to carry out some function. It's productive energy. It's divine energy. I love the, word, I love the definition. It's intrinsic. It's intrinsic. It's inherent. It's there. Because the Bible says when you put your faith in Christ, you now are inhabited. You become the temple of who? Holy Spirit. As the temple of the Holy Spirit, you now have inherent, achieving power, the ability to carry out some function. And we're going to look at what that function would be. But I'm going to tell you, it's more than, Lord, just help me get through today. That's not the function, right? And, and you know, when was it? Uh, was it Friday, Ty? Friday, we went down to Ventura, and the Lario's kids, a couple of them got baptized, and I was going to go down with Ty, and so he picked me up in his truck at my house. And uh, it's been a while since I've been in the truck. It's been a while since the truck's been driven. But uh, Tyler has done some modifications on the engine of his truck. That truck has some power. And, and every once in a while, I know he likes to mess with me a little bit when he accelerates in the truck. And so, yes. And so I, I had forgotten the inherent power in the, what is this, supercharged, turbocharged, whatever, something charged truck. And so we're pulling out of my, my street onto the main drag there, and, and I know Tyler just wants to remind me of the inherent power in his truck. And my breath had to catch up as I had to go, oh, this is a very powerful truck. I had forgotten what happens when he does this, right? And I thought about that. He, there is power, and he knows it. And whenever he chooses to use it, it is there. 
it is there. It is take your breath away power. And, and I thought of like, it's, wait, that's us. We have turbo supercharged power through the resurrection, but how many of us are in the slow lane in cruise control at about 55? Because we said our prayer and we're good to go and our name is written, so we're just kind of in cruise control till we meet Jesus. And yet we have this incredible resurrection power literally at our disposal. And, and, and we have to ask ourselves, why don't we use it? Remember in Philippians 2, we talked about uh, working out our salvation, bring it to completion. And in 2.12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out, not work for, work out, bring it to completion, your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is who? God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is God who works in you both to create desires and then empower you to do what he wants for his good pleasure. Okay, question. What in my life, what in your life requires God power? If anything. I'm just, I'm just, just be honest. Okay, just think about that. How many of us, again, sort of got our routines, sort of know we have some challenges, we're not perfect, but we're good. We've kind of got to a level in our faith, and we're calling it good. Because good doesn't really require God, does it? Maybe crisis, when a crisis comes up, then we're, we hit the turbocharger, in prayer, and turbocharger on the word, and turbocharger at church attendance. But what in your daily life? Are you living a dynamic relationship with Jesus as a whole that requires God? That requires resurrection power? That's one of the fundamental reasons. You know, when he says, when we read that in the Paul, he says, that I may know the power of the resurrection, we're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's good for you, Paul. And it doesn't resonate with us because we don't have the need. We're not living our lives in intentionality, in proactivity, putting ourselves out there in situations by faith that require resurrection power. That require resurrection power. If we're honest, many of us sort of just got it good, and we're kind of comfortable, except for when the crisis comes up, and you know, then, the, then we call on the resurrection power, and, and, and yet Paul says, I want to experience, I want a regular, I want it to be part of my relationship with Jesus, this experience of resurrection power, and, and, and we're going to say, well, maybe, maybe we've not been taught that it's available. Maybe we were taught that Christianity was just belief in a past tense event, and then you kind of got your ticket and you're good. Maybe this is the first time that you're hearing that, oh my gosh, resurrection power is available in 2022, like right now, before you leave here? Like literally, before you leave here. Because sometimes even, not only do we get comfortable 
and kind of complacent in our faith. I think sometimes, and I've, I've heard this over 30 years of ministry and working with different people, sometimes even as believers, we get to the place where we start to excuse sin. That's just the way I am. God knows. God knows my weaknesses. Oh, yeah, that's just, you know, that's just the old me flaring up. And what we, what we do, rather than engaging that issue, rather than seeking supernatural, God-glorifying victory in that issue, we now just sort of politely, churchily excuse it because God knows that's just me. That's just me. And that, that's a dangerous place to be. And that place, honestly, is dangerous, but it's comfortable because we don't have to actually engage it with power beyond our ability. We just excuse it. We just, oh, that's just me. God knows, ha, 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 God knows, ha, ha, ha. That's dangerous because your heart, you harden it. You harden it to God, you harden it to his word, and you now you've just sort of become complacent complacent right who's on the screen back there i can't tell you we're going to jump to revelation 3 towards the end apostle john is writing to the church in laodicea and the church in laodicea that community was very very wealthy very wealthy much like ohi okay very wealthy community very wealthy church and the wealth and the material comfort in Laodicea bled into the church. And this is what he says in Revelation 3. I know all the things you do, that you are neither cold, hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. That verse, if you can keep the verse, it says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together. That's often misused evangel evangelistically. A lot of times we'll say, Jesus stands at the door and knock. And if you open your heart, unbeliever, Jesus will come in. That's not the context of this passage. He is talking to a church that has now become spiritually apathetic and indifferent. They are so wealthy and comfortable that Jesus himself is not in. Imagine that, right? Imagine that. Bill, can you do me a favor? Can you just go outside that door and knock? This is what he's saying. This is what's going on. That's Jesus asking if he can come into the well. 
Because we are so indifferent and apathetic and spiritually complacent that he's not even here. But we don't realize it. He says, you don't even realize it. You're so comfortable. You've become so hard-hearted. You don't even need him. Who is it? (laughs) Oh, Jesus, come in. It's your church anyway, right? So... So one of the reasons that that we may not be experiencing resurrection power, we're kind of like the church of Laodicea. And maybe today God's like, hey, there's more for you. A lot more for you. Right? There's a lot more for you. Charles Spurgeon says this, many Christians do not know this power. Or they only know it from a distance. God wants resurrection life to be real in the life of the believer. The very same power which raised Christ is waiting to raise the drunkard from his drunkenness. To raise the thief from his dishonesty. To raise the Pharisee from his self-righteousness. To raise the Sadducee from his unbelief. Amen? Many of us, again, you think, oh, resurrection power, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's for all the guys and girls on the stage, right? I'm just, I'm just uh, an attender. That resurrection power stuff, that's for God's A-team. That's for the pastors and the elders. No. It's for everyone in the church. Amen? It is. And if you ask yourself, well, well how did you do this? And, and, you know, I see you up there and you're so animated. It's like, you know why? I just kind of put myself, I said, Lord, okay, I'll just make myself available. And, and I've had guys, I talked with Jordan, talked with Garrett in years past. I said, you want to do ministry with us here? Okay, come out to the end of the tree with us, end of the limb. We are so far out there that we have to depend on God. Every Sunday is a resurrection power, I need you, God, moment for me. Now, I've just been doing this for a long time. And he's like, oh, that's so easy. for Every Sunday, every Sunday I take a few deep breaths and I'm like, okay, Lord, I need you. There's no way. I could do this in my own ability, in my own flesh, right? And sometimes people get confused because during the week, they're like, oh, you know, and then, and then I'll be at a, an event somewhere or something, and then people will talk to my wife. He goes, he's so quiet. Is anything wrong? And she's like, no, that's really how he is. He's actually very introverted and very quiet and just likes being home alone, and he's fine. But on Sunday, he's so like, yeah, I know, that's his gifting and calling. That's when he just... Let's God do what he's going to do. But most of the time, he just likes being home. So if I'm ever out and about, and you see me at Vaughn's, and you're like, he looks angry. No, I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I just choose. And over the years, I've just said, okay, I'm just, Lord, this is what you want me to do. Okay, by faith, I'm going to do that. And it takes me out of the realm of me, and I just go, okay. Okay. And, and that same thing is for you, not just in ministry, but just in your life, just in the everydayness of your life. Put yourself out there. Put yourself out there. Do something that's going to get your heart beating. How many of you have someone here that needs to know Jesus? How many of you, if you're still honest, would say you've been a chicken to share your faith with them? Thank you. Okay. You want to know the resurrection power? Share this week. Hello. 
Share this week. Why not? You have the resurrection power. You want to experience the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead? Go share your faith with someone. It will put you so far in the, ah, ah, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What? And then when you do it, however imperfectly it comes out, you'll walk away and you will have been transformed. And God will get all the glory, whatever happens. Right? Betty, Mark wasn't lying when, when Betty came up here as a testimony to the resurrection power. Right? And I've been blessed to see you grow and, you know, from not even wanting to say anything or read to wanting to do this. She's been after me for months. When can I do the opening prayer again? When can I do the opening prayer again? Can I share it with them? Right? She goes, when can I do the opening prayer again? Because last time I did it, I really messed up. I'm like, how do you mess up on prayer? <laughs> and and it was, to, for her to do this was a, a, an action of the Holy Spirit. Right? Because how many of you, if you're honestly, would be terrified to do the opening prayer here? Okay, thank you. Put the list together. We'll look at the camera. <laughs> Cindy, you're next week. Then Dale. And Gigi, you've got three weeks from now. <laughs> Cindy, you're like dying right now because you're like, is he serious? Is he really serious? How many of you would love to see Cindy do the opening prayer? <laughs> I love you too. But why, why do we get so scared? If there's ever a laboratory and a place to spread your wings and test the waters and experience God's power, it's a church. It, this, is, this is it. That's why we celebrate Marky Mark, the new rapper. And uh, I don't know, Mark. <laughs> okay. But God, <laughs> yes. I don't know if that was resurrection power or not, but... We have, to, we have to get to the place where we're just, we have to look at this honestly. There's an honesty that we have to come back to in the church. And we have to say, why have we confined and even quenched the power of the resurrection in the church? To our abilities, to what we think, to our box, right? The early church exploded from those 12 to the early church leaders there was no technology. There was no internet. None of this existed, and yet the world was flipped upside down by the power of the resurrection. What inspired the early church to just go? The resurrection. They were inspired by the resurrection. They had seen Jesus, and they couldn't help but go in the power of the Holy Spirit and testify to the resurrection. No internet. No TV. No nothing. And all these years later, we're here in Ojai because of the power of the resurrection. And people are like, oh, gosh, look at the world. Look at the world. It's so, and people are spinning down, and they're like, oh, where's the church? Where's the church? The church is here. The church just needs the power of the resurrection to come back. Just be the church in the power of the resurrection. And I'm not talking the organized church like the well. I'm talking you, the church. You, the church, right? Acts 1.8 says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. Now, some people, many people look at that when it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Oftentimes, that's, they see that as a command, you will go out. But actually, there's another, if you look at the Greek, it also means it's just the fruit of. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will, as a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, be my witnesses. Now, when it says Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, those are like expanding circles. So for us, it would be, you will be my witnesses in Ojai and in Ventura County and in the United States and then the rest of the world. Amen? It says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, be my witnesses in Ojai. Start here, in your house, with your circle, and then the rest of Ojai, pickleball, tennis, wherever you interact, the restaurant you're going to go have lunch at after this. You will be my witnesses in Ojai, and then go out to Ventura County, and then go to the rest of the country, and then go to the end of the world. But what is the root of it? Dunamis. Power of the Holy Spirit. To be witnesses. Just by your life. It's not like necessarily sharing the gospel everywhere you go. It's just letting your light shine. Just be salt and light. Just glorify God, right? In Romans 6, 4, he says this. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, leave that verse up for a sec because it says, in order that, there's a purpose statement again, right? In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. Here's the deal. When you put your faith in Christ, because of the resurrection, right? Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are supposed to walk in newness of life. Everyone say newness. Newness, okay? It's not reformed. It's not rehabilitation. It is new qualitatively. It is new qualitatively. Before you knew Christ, your life was pretty much dependent on you. Self-sufficient. Your resources, your understanding, your strength, right? When it talks about walking in newness of life, what it's talking about is a qualitative change in your life because you now have a new supernatural source for your life. Amen? That's what we're talking about. Walking in the Spirit. That's the new life. The new life says, it's no longer about me. It's not dependent on me. The new life says, Lord, today, I just want to walk in the supernatural source of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That changes everything. And it actually blows up a lot of the boxes that you have created about what you think you're able to do. I could never do that. Oh, uh, no. In the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't know what you can do. Seriously. Right? I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he, is a, or he or she is a new creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen? You're new. If you're sitting next to a believer, turn to them and say, hey, new creation. Go ahead. Say, hi, new creation. Hi, new creation. Right? Is, is it, you're a new creation. 
with a new power source. See, a lot of us go like, woohoo, I've been born again, I've been saved, and then you go back to just living in your own strength and your own understanding. That's where you miss verse 10. I want to know the resurrection. I want to know the power of the resurrection. Why? Because I am a new creation, and I have the power of the resurrection residing in me. Amen? It's inherent. It's right there. It's right there. And that's why we can encourage each other as the church. You see someone, and it's not just coming alongside and counseling. It's like, hey, Barry, come on. You got the power of the Holy Spirit, bro. Let's go. Let's do this. The minute I say that, you, right, you're like, yeah, let's go, right? Because sometimes, you know, with the best of intentions, can I, can I, Barry's like, here we go again. I knew I shouldn't sat in the front row, right? See, a lot of times, we'll do this, best of intentions. I do this too. He comes with me with an issue. He's struggling with something, and I'm like, oh, thanks, bro. Thanks for sharing. You know what the Bible says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, goes, and can I pray for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, okay, bye. No. Beyond that, we say, okay, we have supernatural power in this area, right, Barry? Okay. So let's, let's, let's take some practical steps in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to address this, right? Let's use it. Let's step on the gas. Let's, let, instead of cowering, instead of just playing the defensive, let's push on the gas and let's turbocharge into an issue. Amen? Right? Thank you. Right? Instead of, there's a place for comfort and encouragement, but then there's a place, honestly, you know, and I'm just going to say it, for some like loving, brotherly, sisterly, like get in your face. And like, let's go. Let's go. You have the third person of the Trinity. You have the Holy Spirit. You got the power of the resurrection. What is God telling you to do in this area? And let's do it. But a lot of us have just resigned ourselves to this is my thing and the devil's beating me up. No. We are new creations with a new power source. So if you're struggling with an issue, I get it, okay? And I'm not being insensitive. But I want you to really put the issue in light of the resurrection power. Put those two next to each other. And ask yourself if you have been the one limiting your progress if you have been the one that just has settled that that's just your lot. Because I got to tell you, the Apostle Paul says, I want to know the power of the resurrection. So maybe the prayer is, Lord, you know this issue I've been struggling with. You know it comes around. You know it. Maybe you say, Lord, I want to know the power of the resurrection in this issue. I want to experience the mighty power of God to set me free in this issue for the glory of God. Amen? That's where the church gets spiritually aggressive. That's where we go out into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where we start to make a real difference. Because a lot of us, we just resign ourselves to the defensiveness. Oh, the, the, the world, the world, the world, the world. How about the resurrection, the resurrection, the resurrection? I mean, think about this. We just, again, it's subtle, and we slide into it, okay? And I'm just kind of wanting to be direct because this is what we need and what the world needs. We have got to slide into the place of who we are in Christ, our name being written in the book of life, supernatural resurrection power, and then go out these doors and do whatever God tells us to do. 
That's what the church needs to do. That's what the church needs to do. And if you're kind of like, well, you know, what if, what if, what if? Okay, confront those issues. You know? It, you know, one of the things, again, I said it about Thelma's memorial. Oh, you know, what if something tragic happens and I, and what's the worst that can happen? Biblically now. Uh, well, you say biblically because that kind of changes it, right? Because a lot of us, the worst case scenario is we die. Biblically, is that a worst case scenario? Thank you. I don't think Thelma's in a worst case scenario right now. I think actually Thelma's in a much better case scenario than we are, amen? Okay, and I'm just saying, one of the early testimonies of the early church, what made the the non-believers perk up was how they handled memorials and funerals. It was a celebration because they were celebrating, they were understanding the person's passing, passing in light of eternity. Some of us, again, the heaviness of the news and everything we fill our health, our head with, we just need to step out and go, wait, let me get the eternal picture again here. Let me get my identity right. Let me set my mind on things above. Let me get eternity right. And now I'm going to go and engage the world with power and boldness and courage. Okay, that's, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. I want to know the power of the resurrection. We're going to uh, spend a little bit of time maybe next week and the week after because this is really related to the power of the Holy Spirit. And years and years ago, I did a series on the Holy Spirit and what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to quench the Spirit, to grieve the Spirit. And so if we're going to really appropriate and experience resurrection power, and if that is rooted in being filled, controlled by the Holy Spirit, some of us may need a refresher on the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's, it's intrinsic because, again, supernatural, blow your mind thought. If you're a believer, you are indwelt by. Crazy, huh? Like, as you sit here, according to the Bible, you have become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit empowers you to live a supernatural life. And that, that's what Paul's talking about. I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And so we're going to spend some time next few weeks looking at this even more. So here's the crazy thing. Paul says he wants to know it. And in Ephesians, he actually says he wants you to know it. Ephesians 1. I also pray that you will understand the incredible. He's talking you, believers. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. This is awesome. Paul wants the church to know the magnitude of God's power for us who believe him. Do you? Do you really grasp and know the power, the mighty power that is available to you as a believer? It's crazy. You know, and, and I was like, Lord, how do, how do we teach this in whatever, 30, 40 minutes? And the truth is, this is where I, I got to release it. Because it's something you have got to just choose to reflect on and chew on. Like, wow, what does that mean? What does that mean? Yes, lifestyle, right? 
Walk in newness of life. The word walk is your, your lifestyle, habitual lifestyle. We're to walk in newness of life. Paul wants us to understand that we have the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. But he says here, it's very key, for us who believe. So there's two prongs to that. A, believe, meaning you have to be a believer. So you have to settle that issue. Do you just believe fundamentally in Christ as your Savior? And then even if you do, do you believe? Do you believe it for you? Not for the guys on the A-team up here. Do you believe that you have the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead in you as a believer? And if you struggle with that, that's fine. Just be honest. With God, find someone and, and ask, work through that. But it might honestly just be you're hesitant to believe. Now, I don't know, for whatever reason. Do you believe in God's incredible greatness, the power he has available for you in your life? Right? Warren Wiersbe says this, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for our daily lives. Christ has already won the victory over sin, death, and the world, and Satan. God's people do not, do not fight for victory, but from victory. Amen? From victory. We go forth from victory, not in our own strength, in the mighty power of God. Now, once you start to embrace this and, yeah, I don't know what God's going to do. I shared, I shared with the leadership team at 8 o'clock. I don't know what that means for you. I do believe it's going to mean victory even in these areas. It could be transformative. Because many of us, again, are in bondage. We have bought into lies and accusations, and we put these limits on ourselves and our limits on God, and now our Christianity, we're just like this. And when you start to actually believe that you have the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead in you through the Holy Spirit, watch out. Watch out. And we get to sit back and celebrate, whether it's up here. I don't know what God's going to do. But be free. Be free. In John 11, there's a story of Lazarus. And Jesus shows up, and Lazarus has been dead for four days, right? And at one point, he says, hey, take away the stone. And Martha says, hey, ah, Jesus, you sure you want to do that? It's been dead for four days. Decomposed bodies don't really smell too good, right? And he's like, no, watch this. You're going to see the glory of God. And in John 11, 43, he says, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Barry, come out. Lynn, come out. Kathy, come out. Gigi, come out. You see, that's a physical resurrection. We have been spiritually resurrected. Ephesians says we were once dead and he made us alive through faith in Jesus. Amen? So spiritually, you had to come out. Diana, come out. And what happened was you heard Jesus and you came out and you put your faith in him. Right? And now he says, unbind him and let him go. So here's Lazarus. I don't know exactly what it looked like, but he must have come out bound up, right? 
And I'm sure everyone was like, whoa. I'm pretty sure Lazarus was like, whoa. But he doesn't say, okay, Lazarus, continue to walk around like this. What does it say? Unbind him and let him go. Take off. Take off the wrappings. Take off everything holding him. Take off everything binding him. He's now been resurrected. Lazarus, go walk in new life. How many of you would guess that Lazarus celebrated that? Right? Told everybody. Especially with, whoa, Lazarus, dude, four days ago, you, yeah, I know, woohoo! Right? That's us. <laughs> that's us, right? Yeah, he might have got mad because he was in heaven. He's like, oh man, I gotta go back. But that's us. Why aren't we celebrating that? We once were dead, but now we're alive. We once were lost, now we're found. Spiritually, you responded to Jesus. Come out. And you did. And he freed you from slavery to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. Amen? You're unbound. That's the message in the power of the Holy Spirit. Woohoo! I mean, Lazarus. I'm sure he was like, man, I wish you would really bind me up again. And, I, you know, I really. He's like, no, I don't want that. That's, that's, that, that's dead me. I'm alive. I'm free. That's us. That's us. So maybe someone here, maybe someone at home on the, on the very front end, in the element of faith and putting your faith, it's a, hey, come out spiritually. Come put your faith in me today, spiritually. Be born again, right? Experience new life. But maybe for some in the church here or at home watching, it's a, come on. In the power of the Holy Spirit, in the same power that raised Christ from the dead, be free. Be free. Unwrap yourself. You got it. And maybe it might mean you ask a friend to come alongside and you're honest. And you say, not only can you pray with me, can you hold me accountable? Can we make a plan together? Can we work this out? Because I I really want to experience God's resurrection power in this area. It could be as practical as how you handle your finances. It could be what comes out of your mouth. It could be your thought life. It could be forgiving others. Anything that has held you in bondage and held you back from your transformation, anything, bring it before God and literally say, Lord, I want to experience the resurrection power in this area. And you know what? I think I'm going to know when it happens because you're going to walk around here a little bit. I would say, what happened? Well, you know, you said, and I brought this thing to God and I'm free. See, this, this is experientially knowing Jesus daily. Right? This is why we come here. This is why we read the word. This is why we're in small groups. This is why we do anything. So we know him and the power of his resurrection. So I don't know what it is in your life today. I don't know what level you settled at and called it good, but I really just encourage you, challenge you to put that against the resurrection power. And ask yourself if you have settled. Ask yourself if maybe you become complacent like Laodicea. Ask yourself maybe if you've just been living on the defensive all the time. 
and you never really took the time to say, wait, wait, I want to know the resurrection power too. I want the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. I want to experience that in my life. I want to walk in newness of life. Is that your desire? Is that where you want? Bring that to God. We'll see what he does. Okay? Let's pray and then Bill will come up and lead us into, into uh, communion. Father, thank you. Thank you for the words of the Apostle Paul. He says that he wanted to know the power of the resurrection. He wanted to experience the mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's my prayer for us as a church, even the church as a whole. Father, the world needs the church to be walking in the mighty power of God. That's what the world needs. And so, Father, if we have limited ourselves, if we have limited you, if we've settled, if we've been complacent, if we've been lukewarm, we ask your forgiveness. Father, I prayed, I've been praying all week that somehow you would speak to those here, those who would hear this, for their own life, the things that have bound them, that they would be freed, just like Lazarus when he came out. And the power of the resurrection for the glory of God, that it would bear a great testimony and witness to you, Father, that you are alive and well in 2022. Father, as we prepare for communion, pray you would speak to each heart where we are with you, what we need, and how we need to respond to what we've heard today. Um, so just a couple of announcements. Um, really, uh, we had a wonderful uh, celebration yesterday of Thelma Berman's life, and thank you to all of you who, there are a lot of people really just helped out and contributed to putting on that uh, memorial yesterday, and we thank you for that. If you weren't able to attend, it is going to be available online within the next couple of days, sometime early this week, uh, just on the church's website. And um, we also just wanted to mention, we realize that kind of this time of year, there's a lot of, you know, just illness going around. And uh, some of it, frankly, is COVID related. Some of it's just colds and that kind of stuff. And we want to just remind everyone that really, if you're not feeling well, please stay home, frankly, and, uh, and, you know, feel free to stay home and, and watch from online. And, you know, if people are feeling like they need to mask up again, just coming, that's voluntary completely. But if you, we want you to feel free to do what you need to be doing to take care of yourself and to take care of the body here. Um, so I just have one more announcement. And uh, before we, um, meet every Sunday morning. Uh, there's a leadership team that meets here at 8 o'clock. And during that meeting this morning, this has happened a couple of times now, but um, there was a challenge that was laid down to me, and I'm just not one to kind of pass up on a challenge. So uh, I have one more announcement. Um, Jordan, hit it. Yo, kids, it's come to that time, you know, when you get to leave, yo, yo. It's time for some fun and sing, and it's all about this Jesus thing. So jump up and shout his name. 
when you get, you'll never be the same. Meet your teachers at the back door there, because you know that they and Jesus care. Kids, you may be dismissed.